friends to lovers, to kisses and cuddles, we are doing it, God's way, this, this is Stronger Together, Closer to God. Hey fam, welcome to Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast. This is Minister Vernon. As we conclude our reflection series, this is an opportunity where we get a chance to really reflect on some of our favorite podcast sessions that we have listened to and really just add a little thought or two to really get you thinking and going. Why is it important to go back and listen to previous podcasts? Because there might be a message right in there that will speak to your soul in that certain season, in that certain time, and in a certain place. I always say that there are people who are going into a situation. There are people who are in the middle of a situation and there are people who are just coming out of the situation. Words and encouragements that we hear on Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings, depending on when your Sabbath is, is very critical to receive, but it's valuably important that you continue to feed yourself out throughout the week. And in this episode, this was episode 50. We had a dynamic, wonderful woman who taught me something about the life and death of a tongue. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, the tongue can speak words that bring life and death. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. But I learned something from Princess Akima, who has her own holistic nutritional program, that it is also important that uh, tongue does impact your decisions or what you eat. So in essence, life and death is not just in the words that we speak, but life and death could be in the what we intake into our bodies. And remember that God blesses us with this temple, this body, so that we can be able to do the will of God. So Princess Akima taught us about the importance of a holistic approach when it comes to your health. I want you to take a listen to some of the excerpts from episode 50 that was entitled A Life-Changing Decision. You've told us a little bit about yourself, and I know we have touched on a little bit about Um, How did you become passionate about health? But if you can just kind of go into that a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And I think I'll just expand upon the the story. So when I was about 21, 22, and I was still in undergrad, super senior status, um, my mom had started to get sick. And I was so super distracted at school. Um, failed a lot of classes, you know, talk about all of our failures and our struggles. I, I couldn't focus. And so I remember I came home. I was like, I can't stay down here. I'm, I'm coming back home. I want to be with my mom. Um, two years after coming back home, she made her transition. And I was just so grateful that I took that time to come home to be with her, even if it was a lot of it was shuffling her back and forth to um, doctor's appointments, picking up prescriptions, being by her side, you know, until, you know, her last breath. Um but the, the, the thing that really got me kind of going with this is, and I've learned, you know, since her transition, a year after her passing, for me to get diagnosed with high blood pressure, and the conversation was all around, like, my ethnicity, you know, when speaking with health professionals, it was like, oh, you're African-American, you're predisposed, you know, you're, you're, it's like, you're bound to deal with this, we can get you on medication. And again, this is not an anti-medication stream of conversation, but a year prior, my mom, when she was making her transition, she fell into what they called a medically induced coma. For anyone who's dealing with liver disease, um, part of your liver's job, it has tons of things that it does, right? But two major things is it helps to remove toxins out of the body and it helps to clean and filter your blood and blood is healing to the body. When your liver is failing, those two functions are being impaired. And then when medication was being, you know, piled on, piled on, the body couldn't 
filter out the residue, you know, the things that the body didn't need. And so it was circling through her bloodstream and it put her in, she fell into a coma, started having um, seizures and she never came back from that. So of course, a year later when it's like, oh, would you be interested in a high blood pressure medication? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and it was like, well, what else could I do? And it was like, well, you know, at the time, so you could try to lose some weight. You can try to change your diet. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And I remember walking out of that, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it took a year of lots of prayer, lots of crying, lots of frustration, because even though I didn't want to go that route, this other route wasn't even that easy because that wasn't the lifestyle that I was living. Um, and it's, it was a lot to get it going. And I remember, you know, I would just start by going for walks. And when I used to go for walks, my fingers would swell. Anyone who's dealt with high blood pressure, hypertension, you know, you try to exercise and I'm going to go do this thing. One of the telltale signs is these fingers start swelling. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I might have a heart attack. So I'm going back home. So I would go back into the house. And, you know, and after a while I would go walking, those fingers stopped swelling. After a while, I changed that diet and my body started to release unnecessary weight. And so when going back in, it's like the high blood pressure and it's really not the disease left. It came, the, the my cardiovascular system began to balance itself out. And I was like, oh, she's loving on us. And I know I'm talking third person and personifying the body, but she's loving on us in a way that we needed to be cared for. Compiled with, I had to deal with the grief of losing my mother. That plays into what happens to us physically. And I don't know, I think now, like almost 14 years later, since she's transitioned, we're talking more about those things. But 14 years ago, no one was talking about the fact that that grief and how that plays on how quickly your heart is working, because everything you're thinking about neurotransmitters are moving around the body and the body thinks that there's distress when you're undergoing grief and it's going to do what it believes it needs to do to try to regulate. And so I'm telling my body something's wrong. And then on top of that, I was way heavier, wasn't eating right. All those things played into that disease that manifested. And all of those things had to be addressed to regulate and to and for that disease to no longer be present in my body. Wow. Like I said, y'all, powerful. She ooh, she has some some and this is only the beginning. <laughs> When you um when you first I, I heard you say you know it, and it has things have completely transitioned from 14 years ago you know you got um, intermittent fasting you have vegan uh, uh, I mean just all the plant based the different um, ways of living because I don't I don't call it a diet or a regimen it's a lifestyle what when you first started walking in this or walking in your, um, your new lifestyle, what were like some of the first steps? Because we have a lot of people that want to, to change and have, and, and walk in a, a healthier lifestyle, but they just don't know where to begin. Wow. Um, I tried a lot of things, you know, um, and I don't necessarily subscribe to one way or another because I think they all have benefits. But for me, I did pursue a plant-based diet, which I still continue to this day. Um, and so it's been over a decade that I have not consumed any animal byproduct. Um, I started also eating at home more. And it's not that, and again, 14 years later, of course, there's tons of smoothie bars and juice places and lo lots of businesses. And please support them, y'all, so, especially if they're small-owned businesses. Go support them. But at the time, you know, there was so much just junky stuff and you had no control over 
what was in food that you didn't make. And so I had to take control over what was coming into my body. Um, yeah. And then I, and I, and interestingly enough, I actually started to eat more smaller, if that made sense. I was eating way more frequently, but it's like snacks, but it would be like carrots and hummus or sugar snap peas and just popping up in a bag. I had to change my palate because when your tongue is accustomed to oils and sugars and then you're like, oh, here's this. And it's like, well, that doesn't taste like anything. And there's a word that I um, teach people, satiety. And it may not be a word that people don't know, but it was a new word for me. There is a pleasure. Like when food, when you see food, or if you like go to grandma's house and you smell something and the memories of it and the sal- salivating, it's just the whole experience before the food even touch your mouth. You have to now change what you're thinking to now change that response because it's like, this ain't hitting the way this other meal used to hit. and it's something that we've been given taste buds on purpose. We don't have to negate that they're there, but do we allow the tongue really to dominate? Because every other part of the body is going to relish in our healthy choices and our healthy eating, but the tongue has so much control. And I'm like, I had to retrain my tongue on what was pleasurable, what was beneficial. Um, so those are the, those are the things that I had to do because I was eating a lot of things I shouldn't have been. As far as like your mental state and your spiritual state, that is all combined into what you're, what we're walking through our journey. Yes. Tell us why that's important. Mm -hmm. Because some people would think I have this problem. The solution is to do something, whether it's just physical and that's mm-hmm. going to just resolve it. Why is it important to think holistically mm-hmm. as opposed to just thinking of one part? Um, Brandon, again, great question. It's because that's, you know, our mainstream medical um, system, and I'm not, again, I don't have issues with it. A lot of times when we work in this field, people anticipate that we're antagonistic. It's not. It plays a part, but the part that it plays is very physical and very reactionary. When we think about who we are as a person, we're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. Um, and some people don't see themselves like that. So this is, you know, Akima speaking. Um, that's how I view myself. So when I look at another human being, though they may not be aware, I, I have to teach them those things because I'll just, let's just go back to this liver. And I talk about the liver a lot because that's the thing my mother dealt with. So I'm like, my mind is so wrapped around liver things. But one of the emotions, right, that, you know, rise up in our soul that can be damaging to the liver is um, anger. And so sometimes when someone comes in, they're like, yeah, you know, doctor's saying such such about my liver, you know, what can you do? And throughout the course of the conversation, you know, we talk about diet and food and supplements, because I do all those things in the practice. But then it's like, is there anything you're angry about? And it's kind of like, hmm, well, what do you mean? And then we start to, and that may not happen in a first appointment. Sometimes it does and I welcome it, but also knowing you're angry about something, you also get defensive and it may be something we have to walk into, but realizing that it might not be a dietary issue. It might be a heart issue, you know, and those things can also impact your physical health. And just, and to add to that, there's also things that we can do to support our emotional health that relate to diet and people don't realize that sometimes they just think I I only have this one avenue this one route that I can take to support something that's manifested as a mental or emotional health and I'm also teaching them that no we've been literally given everything that we need to cover all of these areas but 
it's because we're multifaceted and that's why we have to address all of those things because we're more than just a physical body. Wow, what an inspirational message that Princess Akima gave us. Did you hear what she said about the life and death of the tongue and how it applies with the foods that we eat and how a holistic approach that she took has changed the lifespan of her life? It is probably increase her lifespan for many, many years. And I pray that her that and her business will continue to thrive and strive for many, many more. This is the key importance that we have to understand. Body is our temple. One of the things that I've learned in this experience, is, especially with these four women who shared their testimony, is that it is vitally important that I respect the temple that God has blessed me with and learn how to take care of it to maximize its use on this earth as long as God allows me to breathe. So it's very important for each and every one of us. And I hope and pray that you will take time to get to know your body, get to know its strengths, get to know its limitations, but also get to know any areas that you are struggling with that is a health concern. And then not just go seek your primary care doctor, seek out specialists and also take a chance to look at a different holistic approach. A lot of people will push off the holistic approach. But keep in mind, there was a season in the time as we read in the scriptures when there wasn't these technologies and the latest information that we have today. We use the holistic approach when we went towards our body. We've learned a lot and we can use both to help us to be remain stronger together and closer to God. Hope and pray that you will have a wonderful, blessed day. Just a quick reminder to everybody that we are having our open house forum this Tuesday for our Bible study. So you're going to have you get to sit in the class with me, and my wife, as we just share some wisdom. And then we're just going to open it up for discussion and questions that anybody has when in regards to relationships. We'll be kicking back up our Think About It Thursday. So we might drop a little nugget or two. Sometimes we might have special guests that we might have a conversation with. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, as I've been saying, we're about to get our thing kicked off. We're going to do a 90 minute specials presentation on how to fight for your marriage. And and there is a course behind that that you can get more in-depth information about. And so we're going to be talking about that very soon. So keep your eyes and ears open to those opportunities. Look, relationship, it takes a lot of work. But when you work as hard as God has worked for us, as hard as Jesus Christ laid his life on the cross for us, that's the least that we can do so we can build our relationships, whether you're single, married, engaged, separated, divorced, widow, whether it's between your siblings, whether it's between family members, whether it's between your colleagues or even your boss, the better that we can be more equipped in handling relationship challenges, the better we're going to be able to fulfill the mission and the vision that God has given to us. Peace and blessings to all of you. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed day. Joining us on Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast, please continue to join us weekly as we share godly wisdom and advice to you. If you have any prayer requests or would like to sign up for a free 30 minute consultation with us, drop us a line at s2c2gpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to partner with us by clicking on the partners tab on the website. The more you give, the more we can spread the word and help us to reach our vision of bringing one million married couples stronger together, closer to God. Feel free to check us out on our website at s2c2gministry.com. Until next time, peace and blessings to all of you.